Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I'm going to save this. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making your way here and checking out the uh, the episode. I uh, do hope you hit that subscribe button, of course. That way you can keep up with the entire series. You get three brand new interviews sent to you every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover those new ones. Of course, you can grab it anywhere. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts at uh, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And, and while you're doing that, if you could do us a big help, uh, leave a review, give the show a rating, whatever is easiest and quickest for you. Uh, those two things right there go so far in helping out a podcast grow. Uh, ratings and reviews wherever you're subscribing to the Kyle Meredith with podcast from. Some of my recent guests, if that uh, entices you, includes uh, Peter Capaldi, the actor. You know him uh, from Doctor Who. He was one of the doctors uh, teaming up with Tom Mucci to talk criminal records uh we had uh, mckenna grace on here mckenna's in the new ghostbusters movie she's also got uh, some new music out uh janelle monet andy taylor of duran duran josh homie of queens of the stone age dolly parton les claypool of primus keanu reeves with his band Dogstar, jeff ament from pearl jam i talked with david alan greer about being in the color purple mikhail hausman uh he stars in Zack snyder's rebel moon Gracie Abrams was here, Nisha Noor, the cast of Culprits, Vint Clark from Erasure. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith With podcast. And that's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with Jack Antonoff of the band Bleachers. Of course, Jack, uh, a super producer behind albums from Taylor Swift and Lana Del Rey and Lord, just to name a few. He's back with his uh, latest album with his band Bleachers, this time a self-titled record. And Jack and I are going to discuss the band's direct threads to his uh, 2000s group, Steel Train, when I became familiar with him. Uh, what the original title for the record, Tribute Living, said about the themes heard within, and how he sees each album as a movie. 
Jack's also going to share his thoughts on a society heading towards a new kind of monoculture, the heartbreaking moments from his past that uh, still share a narration in his current songs, and which of his new songs he thinks is the best he's ever written, and why he says Lana Del Rey has a perfect voice. All that and more, we're talking about their new self-titled record, Bleachers. It's Kyle Meredith with Jack Antonoff. Good to see you. How are you? Pretty good. I got up from California last night, back to New York. A little, little, little fucked up, but mostly good. <laughs> Glad I catch you right at this great moments in your, yeah. in your week. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to miss that. By the way, you pointed that out. I just finished the, uh, the REM, the, the Michael Stipe interview, and there you were, right smack in the middle of it. Yeah, it was, it was a, a very random uh, moment. It's a, uh, I don't know. You have a lot of those random moments, but. Uh, I have a is lot it, of random moments. Rarely is there a reporter present during the random moments. <laughs> Does that make any difference at all? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that like um, there's a lot of uh, I, I think I think the relationship between press and artists has gotten so funny because um, I believe artists should be protected. And I think often, you know, just the way that uh, the way that things work and the way that things become successful is when there's, I guess the term is clickbait, when there's a, a draw. And so I feel like artists are are more and more cautious now. And then journalists are more and more kind of, you know, trying to find that angle. And it's just become a funny relationship because I feel like very few artists now sh- actually show journalists how the sausage is made because they're too afraid of some passing moment that will become the, the main event. I can't imagine being on your side for any of that stuff. Like even just, I, I, I'm gonna get off. I'm gonna get back on topic. But even like award shows, like the MTV Awards, used to be like all crazy and everything. It's like everything's a bit more reserved, and I understand that. I yeah, well, it's just it, it, it's just a time period that will get past. But it's just it, you know, it, a lot of a lot of artists we have to work overtime now to keep the focus on the music. Well, let's talk about the music because I'm such a fan of what you've done. I've been following you since Still Train. In fact, Crazy. very few people. Yeah. When I, when I was, I was thinking about, you know, cause this interview and I, I think about that moment, there's a moment that is forever burned in my head. Still train was here in Louisville where I'm based and you're playing at this uh, club called headliners. And it was, yeah, we were opening show. for, um, were we opening for Rich Robinson. I don't, I don't remember, remember that someone. part. I came to see you all. So that's, <laughs> we definitely weren't headlining, but, but. Yeah. But it was the end of the set and you all had your arms around each other and it wasn't like the bow moment. It was like this communal moment of music. Yeah, we used to, we used to do this song all around one mic. Um, it started it started because we played tiny, tiny venues where you could do that. And then we realized that, I don't know, if you can get a, a crowd to be quiet, it's a, be- it's a beautiful thing. You know, it doesn't always have to be super loud. I, I miss that. Maybe we should do that with bleachers. I, that's where I wonder, like, how strong is the connection? Of course, there's there's fun in the middle of the band, fun, and then you know the production career really takes off. But when I hear Bleachers, I still hear some of those thumbprints, those fingerprints of Steel Train. Oh, totally. Yeah, no. The, if anything, it goes like Steel Train, Bleachers. Fun is like a more of like a detour because that wasn't uh, that was a band I started with two friends at the time, so I wasn't it wasn't my lyrics and solely my songs. Whereas growing up, I always wrote and recorded my music and then Steel Train uh, was my music. And then so I, I, I see fun as kind of like a to the left of it. And, and Steel Train and the Bleachers is more 
because uh, even songs like you know by the time steel train had ended i had probably written songs like i wrote roller coaster not very long after which ended up becoming a, a bleacher song um because the writing process for steel train and bleachers is no different and we'll be right back right after this shout out to uh, astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples uh, I, I live in kentucky in the midwest and allergies yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice. It affects my mood. It affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every. I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Jack Antonoff. So you come around to this album. And it's self-titled. And I kind of laugh because to me, sometimes self-titling could be the easy thing to do, but it ends up speaking so much more. Like we're betting on ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is there a reason? Because sometimes you just can't think of a title, you know, but sometimes it actually does mean. No, no, I had a title. I had this title called, I had this title, the title was Tribute Living. Um, Because I was writing a lot about what happens to you when you lose someone and then your version of sort of moving into the future is drag is dragging it all with you. Um, but then the, the reason why it's self-titled is because the more I started writing and the more I started working, I realized it was the first album I'd ever made pretty much since the Steel Train self self-titled album where the band itself and the experiences of the band becomes the reference point. So when you're first starting a band, you know, the first album, you're like, oh, you know, I remember the first Bleachers album was like, oh, I, I like the way like Vince Clark synth sounds, but I like like how like loose, like 
Dexys or E Street can be. And, uh, you know, these type of lyrics speaking from, you know, this kind of like Midwest emo New Jersey thing that I have going on. You know, you're talking all these reference points. Second album, oh, we'll do this, that, blah, blah, blah. And this was the first album with Bleachers where it was like, like, you know, like, Hutch, play it like you do during this part of the set. Let, let's have the horns do it, like, at the end of Don't Go Dark when we're playing live and we're kind of bouncing around, but we'll do this. You start to realize, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, every reference point at this point is just my friends. Um, and so it felt like the first moment, not a, not a restarting of the machine, not a, a claiming of new ground as much as just the first moment that it was appropriate to say, this is it. I love that. There's still moods on here that I wonder, not at the reference points, <laughs> like there's a couple songs, I'm Right on Time and Me Before You. Like, I am right on time. I imagine this video in the 80s, you know, the music video that they were shooting with the guy riding on the bed and he's, you know, is, is trying. And then Me Before You is that part of the movie where you figure out, well, this isn't going to work out, but maybe we're still a little flirty. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all part of one big movie in my head, I guess. I don't I don't know if you ever see these songs like that, though. Oh, totally. I see every album like uh, like a movie. And I think um, I think what's interesting about albums is that I think we all see them like a, a movie, whether we make them or listen to them. But then all we have it, it's sort of like, you know, you wake up from a dream and you're like, that was a crazy dream. And it's like, well, you wrote it. Um, that's how I feel about the way that we see music. You know, that's your movie. That's, I guess, uh, <laughs> you, you know, even if you were thinking about someone else, it's like your life is laced into it. So I always get really excited to hear how people um, take it and, and, what, and what they put around it. It's just like dreaming in that way or, you know, you you wrote it. Well, as someone who grew up in the music video generation and loves soundtracks, you know, that's I, I, I do that a lot. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we're kind of back in the video generation, too. It's happening, right? It, yeah, well, I just feel like it kind of like, it's just, um, I don't know, I feel like a lot of these like systems that everyone closed the door on, whether it was vinyl or music videos or these things like are all of a sudden like bigger than ever. Um, I feel like that feeling again when I was younger and I'd be so excited to see how an artist is going to represent the song in a video. I feel that again when people put music out. Yeah, it's not so much curated to you anymore in the same way in the monoculture kind of pushed it, which I I, I do miss, uh, like, because you have to search for it. And if you miss it, then you missed it. But I think I think I still think we're heading back to that, too. You know, I think the, uh, the idea of monoculture is it's a bad thing because of the space it doesn't leave for others. But it's a, a good thing because it, it creates this like collective experience, even if we don't like it. I mean, I've had some of the most ex interesting conversations in my life speaking about big monoculture things that I don't uh, respond to. Um, and then obviously there's the glory of when we have these monoculture moments where we do respond. Um, I think we all long for it in some way or another. And my my hope and assumption is that we could take some of the things we've we've learned and, you know, not go into the same old gatekeeper thing, but but then also still rally around things as as a group. On the movie of this album. Yeah. You know, I know how I see it. That first line, first thing we hear is we were kids. What is the movie of this album to you? The movie of this album is is someone actually not flirting with moving on, not toying with moving on, but actually moving on. Uh, it reflects my life. Uh, I've, there's been a lot of things that have happened in my personal life that have been things, positive things that I never thought would happen. Um, and 
you know, my story is really, I really started writing music really, really intensely and with purpose when I lost my sister when I was younger. I was, uh, she was sick and then she, she died when I was 18. And so a lot of my work, I, I would use the example like a rubber band. It feels like I'm always rubber banding back to that moment. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not writing about the past. That's writing about formative events through the lens of wherever you're at. And I and I was very much at peace with that. I thought I'll just that'll be my perspective, and that would be great. Hence the title I was toying with, tribute living. But um, something happened. Uh, I mean, on one side of things, my personal life. I got married. I and then in the more public space with the band, I just felt like the music I was making and the way the band was playing, it felt like a just a kind of a new time. It's a bit hard to explain. But it, but I just felt um, like for the first time I could write from other perspectives and not just through this like grief lens. Not that I don't on the album, but so I Am Right on Time is just the beginning statement of kind of recapping that story really quickly into Modern Girl, which is so present because that's the sort of story of the band and culture right now from my lens. Uh, it's interesting hearing that because, uh, you know, I'm looking at some of these other things like even Jesus is dead. And then and and woke up today when it says I woke up today and I saw God. I'm not even thinking of that it's so much in the religious, you know, I'm I'm now thinking of that exactly in the in the lens that you're saying, which by the way, I also wanted to say Jesus is dead. My reference, uh, you remember the band Pinback? Yeah, I loved it. I love Pinback. Love Pinback. Uh, Rob Crow. Oh, cool. Yeah, Such so a that, mood in that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that very like kind of dry. Well, that's one like I don't know if you'd call there there was that moment, you know, emo is a funny word because it is taken different uh different iterations but when i was growing up it was it was a proud word you know it was texas is the reason and you know kind of like we called fugazi emo frank practically um but that some of that kind of guitar movement is very in that zone and we'll be right back right after this when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Jack Antonoff. There's um, uh, Tiny Moves. You wrote, I think it was on your the document that you posted on uh, Instagram. You said Tiny Moves is the best song I've ever written. Oh, without a doubt. So, why? Because there's just this, you're always, you know, you, you the, the most important thing when writing is to sound like yourself and be individual, period. And the more you structure a song, the harder that is to do. You know, the more you rely you know it's like and there's just something about that song where it's so direct in its form and yet feels so much like me and i've just never really had one like it i kind of waited my whole life to be able to write a song like that i don't know i don't know even as i'm talking about this i'm not sure that i actually have a reason for that i guess the the, the most basic version of it is if you could like cut me open that's probably the music that would, would come out and that's just a really hard thing to stumble upon because often it's the collage that makes the whole thing uh yeah i don't know I, I have to think about a better answer for that because it's just something i feel sometimes that's all it is right it's just something you feel it doesn't yeah. have, have an answer <laughs> not even in these moments 
Um, I know I'm up against the clock. I, I, I just want to ask, you know, alma mater, which, by the way, nice Tom Waits reference in that one. Very few people grab it. <laughs> and you've got Lana's voice in there. As a producer, as someone who's producer, what is it about her voice that we love so much? It's the perfect voice. There's just very few. I mean, it's, it's smooth and it's comforting and it's scary. It's it's everything. Yeah, she's it's just very few. Um, she, I, 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 there's only two people in my opinion who've ever had that voice, and they don't sound similar, but but the, but it's her and Roy Orbison are the two people that do a similar thing to me. I love the way you. I mean, it's not the first time, obviously, but the way you guys sound together, and that's such a weirdly cool track i mean it's a little weird yeah. yeah it was very odd it was written in these pieces and it was just it, it sounds like the room to me you know it's there's a surrealness to it which i love um i love this record if i if i can go ahead and say that my favorite album of 2024 exists and i've heard it i'll, I'll take it yeah, yeah. <laughs> put it on the wall i really don't think i'm gonna hear anything better than this i i love this so much and i've loved everything. thank you so much that means a great deal to me because very very few people have heard it so I will, I'll carry your words. I appreciate it, Jack. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Thanks for being here all these years, man. It's wild. <laughs> and my thanks to Jack, the new Bleachers record, self-titled. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, please do hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around so you can uh, keep up with all the interviews that we put out. Three brand new ones every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Spotify, Apple Podcast, at NPR wfpk.org consequence youtube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcasts from subscribe to the kyle meredith with and don't forget to give it a rating and uh, a review after that head over to wfpk.org so i do a show monday through friday starting at 6 p.m eastern come and listen as we spend some favorites from the 60s 70s 80s 90s lots of 90s uh, you'll get uh let's see lots of new music there are bonus interviews music news Again, that's Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also catch me on any of the social media sites. The address is always the same, at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Bye, Kyle. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.